Mike, we know the situation uh, around the region when it comes to ED in Bendigo. Uh, we know that bulk billing is not a thing of the past, but certainly out there, but it's getting harder and harder to get. Um, it's time to, well, hopefully through our federal politicians to do something about it. This lady is, I'm, think, I'm thinking out loud, Mandy, is going to do something about it. Lisa Chesters, everyone, hello. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Lisa. The good thing about you, Lisa, is you live in this town. So you've experienced with uh, ED, uh, you know, for being there and you've got to wait X amount of hours. And I know you had a bit of an epiphany when you were sitting in there with your little one. Oh, I knew about it before Coggo because, you know, people raise it with you. But when you actually go through it and you're standing out the front of EDs because your little one has croup and all the advice from the nurse on call and the GP on call is, you know, you're going to have to take them to EDs. Mm. Your town doesn't have an after after hour GP service. You just kind of go, this has to end. Uh, A few weeks ago, Charlie, who's two, developed croup. It's not uncommon, um, but I knew what he really needed was to see a GP, but we don't have that service available in Bendigo. Um, And that's a federal responsibility. Doctors aren't doing it because the rate from they get from Medicare is is too low. It's not viable. And that's why I end up at EDs. That's why so many people are ending up at EDs. And five hours later, we did get seen by a GP. Fantastic. But like everyone else, in that waiting room, a lot of us could have been seen by a GP if we had those primary health services available. Do you think primary health, though, is is gone? I mean, you know, everyone would say, oh, just go to primary care. I'm not hearing anybody say that. They're all going to ED. Well, primary care, when it was first built many years ago, was seen to be a super clinic. And we had them when we were growing up, those seven-day-a-week um, big medical practices, which are a bit of a one-stop shop. Um, primary care used to be that, but under the previous government, the funding arrangement ended. And that subsidised the doctors for working those long hours and working on the weekends. And so it's a bit like any worker. If you don't pay them proper penalty rate, why should they work those 12-hour, 14-hour days Why should they work overnight? So it hasn't happened in the last few months. It's been a a kind of a death by a thousand cuts to Medicare that have forced GPs to pull out of those services or introduce gap fees. And another reason why people are turning up to EDs for their primary health is because the gap fee, what people have to pay to see a GP out of their own pocket because Medicare isn't paying the GP enough. Now, $34 is a lot for people who might be on the pension, who might have a couple of kids and they're all sick. Uh, For anyone who's on a low income, $34 $34 out of pocket just to see a GP. And that's kind of the lower end. Yeah, I was Someone about to say, yeah, that would yeah. be the lower end, Lisa, absolutely. Yeah. Someone told me earlier this week that $80 out of pocket for a 15-minute consult. Like, that's that's a lot of money. And so people go, well, can I afford that? Or if I get really bad, I'll go to EDs. Yep, yep, yep. So basically the spike with that, Mandy and Lisa would be that if you don't go to a GP, then what was the point of all these, all the years and years of screenings and X amount of things? You had to go to the doctor and you'd get a, you know, a blood test or whatever. That's not going to happen. That's going to cease, and then we're going to have an aging population where everyone's crook. 
Yeah, and it, we saw a little bit of that from COVID, and that should be the alarm bells. People put off going to the GP uh, because they went, you know, I'm not really sick and there's all this screening involved and it's just too hard. Now the barrier is not that there's this virus that we don't know a lot about. Now the barrier is the cost or the GPs just aren't available. And that's and it's a bit of a tricky one because emergency and hospitals are a state government responsibility, but GPs and what they get paid and Medicare a federal government responsibility. But if you don't fix one, you put pressure on the other. So what can you do, Lisa Chesters, from a federal point of view? I mean, yeah. you, you've seen it yourself, uh, you've experienced it. Now uh, uh, there could be an answer because you're in government. That's right. So what I do every time I see the health minister and what I do publicly and privately is basically we've got to put more money into Medicare. We have to lift the GP payment um, through Medicare so more so they lower gap fees or more of them go back to the old bulk billing model. Um, we used to have a, a system where all you needed was your Medicare card. You didn't need your savings card. You didn't need your bank card. You could just go in and get the primary health care that you needed. We need to get back to that. It's going to take some time to rebuild it, um, but it's funding. It's funding back in, and then it's also investing in that next generation of GPs and encouraging young doctors into it so we've got more GPs available to help people. Absolutely, totally agree. And here in Bendigo, as you just mentioned, like we've had a lot of those bulk billing services close. So now people can't even afford, as you just you did um, allude to, that gap. So ED's becoming fuller as well over the top of what it normally is because there's no other way to access and everybody should have a right to be able to be seen for medical treatment. Oh, exactly. Mm. Like, um, just uh, we've had such a collapse in the Bendigo electorate that um, one set of data that I saw a few weeks ago was we're down to about 11% of GP services bulk billing. Um, so that's huge that yes. we've gone from being at the height it was um, a decade ago to where it is today. That's sort of where we've hit the tipping point. So, so if you're someone who's, you know, We've got a chronic illness and like, look, I'm going to have to get this sorted. The cost factor of trying to get it sorted becomes really prohibitive. Yes. And then you just kind of fall into a heap. We don't want that. No, so, definitely not. And the last few experiences too, uh, Lisa, I'm curious as to how your uh, last presentation went there. Um, we sit for hours and hours in ED and we're obviously presenting there because there is an absolute need. We need to be there. So after a few hours, most of your symptoms sometimes have subsided a little bit. Mm. So then you get in and you see a registrar. It's it's not even a um, fully certified accredited uh, doctor at the moment because of staffing shortages. And nine times out of 10, when you come out of there, you've been told to go and see your GP. For, to get your bloods done. And I'm like, well, while I'm here, can we do bloods? No, because yeah. we don't liaise together. It's two separate entities. Mm -hmm. So it's quite frustrating as well, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And I, I have to say my experience of going through EDs, like it was, it was pretty obvious from Charlie's cough that it was 
it was crew, the triage nurse said, look, we do need to get him into see a GP. He, he, it is very likely he's going to need a steroid. It's like yeah. magic for kids with croup. Mm. You, you, you remember. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we just had to wait. And, of course, yes. so I spent half the time actually outside because the night air was just easier on his on his lungs and his breathing and he was up on my chest and mm. you know you're looking in at the emergency sign going I hope I don't miss our call yeah that's what you're oh, yeah, <laughs> but then when we saw the register she was brilliant checked his right. chest listened to it it knew exactly what it was and within a half an hour of him receiving the medication he's back to being Charlie and mm. that you know and the frustration that I had being the federal member going this is why we need to bring back after-hours GP services. Yes. This is why we need to reinvest in primary care because also, too, these nurses and doctors, they're usually um, seeing the really urgent patients, like That's emergency. Uh, we need to do better at the federal level to support our state colleagues so that those specialist emergency doctors and nurses are seeing the really Emergence. um, emergent and urgent cases. And when I looked around the waiting room, about a third was under five. And, and two-year-olds, when it hits Gosh. that hour mark, how do you, like, these parents were amazing that they could keep their kids calm for five hours yeah, yeah, in the waiting totally. room. Like, it's just extraordinary. And then the other demographic that really stood out was over 70s, again, pensioners. Mm. You know, after hours, sitting there usually with their, their daughter or their, their son or their their partner, like husband or wife. Okay, extraordinary. Mm. How unfair is it that you've got people in their 70s and 80s sitting yes. in emergency for such a long time because they can't get into a CGP? Yep. whether it be cost or availability. Mm, yeah, well, well done to you. Um, yeah, please keep reaching out to us here and if we can, yeah, support and keep advocating in any capacity, we're here for you, that's for sure. And, then, and it's important to let people know why it has become so such a disaster and the role that the state plays and the role that the federal pays. And that's why on budget night, which is coming up, I really want to see the Australian Treasurer say we're rebuilding Medicare and reinvesting because that's going to ensure better health care, particularly for people in our region, if they can get in to see the GP when they need to, for an affordable rate. We might not go back to free straight away, but an affordable rate, then I think that that's going to help all of us. If yeah. you're a betting lady, and you probably are, or you're not, so your private information with that stuff, um, would you say that we're getting close to a good thing that this will happen, or do you think it's a bit distant? I look. I only really put a bet on um, <laughs> Melbourne Cup, and I'm not in the cabinet room. But why I'm hopeful is because this is an Australia-wide problem, and uh, my our electorate um, is similar to many other electorates, so every local MP would be feeling this pressure from constituents saying it's got to change. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And you're right, we, we often we not be selfish and think of our own backyard, but it's happening everywhere. It wouldn't matter where you went regionally, I would have thought this yeah. is an issue. So you're spot on. Lisa, thanks for your time. Let's keep uh, in the loop with these things because you experience yourself by living here. Uh, you get it, you're on the ground. So it's nice to hear from someone who's prepared to push. Yes, let's all advocate for better health care. Lisa Chesters, thank you so much for your time. Good to catch up, Mandy and Coggo. 
Togo and Mandy on the case. 